Okay. The, uh, the title to this message is Emotional Sins. Emotional Sins. And what I'm going to try to illustrate is how that our emotions and feelings often lead us into sin. Often our emotions are a starting point or the catalyst to, uh, to sin. Now, my little chart here, I'll try to explain this. <laughs> you got the man on the diving board, the stick man on the diving board, and he's ready to take the plunge. And uh, the body of water here, the ocean of water represents sin. And, uh, you know, it, when it comes, there's always, there's a jumping off point. When it comes to sin, there's, a, there's a, something that leads us to that point of jumping off. Now here, this might be a test tube or something, you know, I guess, but it, it, it represents a cesspool of raw emotions that build up, build up, build up, build up. We often don't evaluate. We don't think about those, why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking? We just don't. And they just continue to build up and build up until they get us to this point, the jumping off point, falling into sin. I believe that, at, at that any sin you want to talk about, if you were to go you know, backwards and trace your steps backwards, you would find that a lot of emotions were involved. Unchecked, not evaluated, not thought about, just, just, we just let them build up. <clears throat> now, raw emotions have to be, you have to consider them daily. You have to put them in their place daily. Uh, you have to dismiss a lot of them. Just, just, just get out of here, you know, just dismiss a lot of emotions and feeling, especially the ones that are wrong, you know. I mean, Emotions, it's like a roller coaster. There's good days and bad. You know, we don't complain that much when we're up on the high level. It's when you go down in the lower planes that we begin to complain. Uh, now, the one thing that we never seem to consider is this. We can change our emotions. We have the ability to change our emotions. And so, somehow, that sort of slips by us a lot. In the movie that I've often mentioned before, Rigoletto, Porter is a boy who stutters, and he's got a, a father who's, who's somewhat cruel. His father's out of job, and they're, they're always low on money, and so his father's always, you know, where's the money going to, and we're out of money again, and he's, he's, he's sort of a, a, a mean father to his children. And Porter comes to Rigoletto, and he says, I hate my dad, I hate my dad. And Rigoletto says, he says, you know what I think? I think you love your dad, but you hate the way you feel. Change the way you feel. And it's just that, that segment, that part of that movie was powerful revelation to me. The first time I watched it, of course, if it hadn't been for my sister, I would have never watched that movie. And I, I'm really grateful for because she's told me, she says, it's a musical. And I thought, I don't watch musicals. You know, I, I don't care anything about that kind of movie. And thank goodness I took the time to watch it. But 
it was a powerful moment in realizing that there is something you can do about this cesspool of emotions that build up inside of you. You're not helpless. You're not, it's not a hopeless situation. But you do need to evaluate those emotions, consider them, put them in their place, dismiss a lot of them daily. Now I want to begin by turning back to Genesis 4 and verse 6 to a story um, that we're sort of familiar with. Genesis 4 and verse 6, the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis 4 and verse 6, it says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall, thee shall be his desire, and you shall rule over him. Now you know the story, Cain and Abel, one offering was received by God, Cain's offering was rejected. Let me read that from a different translation because it's, it's a little bit awkward in the King James. The, God's Word translation says this. Genesis 4 and verse 7. It says, If you do well, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do well, sin is lying outside your door ready to attack. It wants to control you, but you must master it. Now, the little statement, if you do well, I personally think it has a lot to do with the way Cain was thinking. I'm talking about mastering your emotions. Now, if you don't do well, meaning if you don't, you know, control what's going on in your mind, you're going to get to this jumping off point right here. <clears throat> So we come to the question, how do we master sin? How do we master sin? And again, it, uh, we have to go from this jumping off point and trace our way back and consider this great big test tube here of emotions that come into our lives every day. We're going to have to deal with that issue right there, what, I call, what we're calling raw emotions that come into your life every single day. Now, I personally believe that Cain never thought about killing his brother until this issue was presented. The two offerings were presented. God accepted one, rejected the other. And that was sort of the, the catalyst, the beginning point of what occurred. In other words, I don't think Cain woke up every day from the day of his birth thinking, I'm going to kill my brother. I don't like it. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. You know, I don't think that was the issue at all. But I do believe there was a beginning point after these two offerings had been presented, that, uh, because if you read the story, the story sort of reads like, and you have to, when you're studying the Bible, the time frame we're not so sure of, because it sounds like they offered their offering, God rejected Cain, and immediately he kills his brother. Well, I don't know how much time went by. I don't know, was it a day, a week, a month? How long did Cain let this thing right here fester? The cesspool of emotions, building, 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 building until the jumping off point. We don't really know. Now, there are some people when emotionally they do. They just, boom, they blow up. <laughs> you know, it's like out of nowhere, this person. But I don't know. I have a feeling, thinking about human nature, 
that it probably took a little time for that to build up. Unchecked, you know, not, not keeping check on our emotions and what's going on. So the first, first point here on how to prevent this jumping off point where we jump, fall into sin, jump into sin, is the first point I want to make is the emotions, the emotions that come from misreading God. It happens all the time. We misread God. We misread. In other words, what God was doing was correcting Cain. It's, it's, what's the motive behind that? Well, it's, the motive is love. God simply wanted to correct Cain. Uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 7 says, If you endure chastening, that is correction, God deals with you as with a son. Uh, for what son is he whom the father doesn't correct? But if you be without correction, wherefore all are partake, all of us are part of this correction that goes on. If, but if you, if you don't have corrections, then you are, you bastards. You're illegitimate. You're not sons of God. You're illegitimate children. So, and you know, the Bible said, so it was correction. And the Bible talks about he was displeased with Cain's offering. Well, hey, big deal. How many times has God been displeased? I mean, get used to it. You, you know, God is easy to please, but hard to satisfy. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to have areas of your life where, where God says, I'm, I'm displeased because you've sinned, because you've fallen short, because you didn't do the right, you know. Yeah, I mean, we have to get used to that. We have to get used to that. Um, so, the emotion that comes from, the emotions that come from misreading God. Okay, well, how should we read God? Well, there's a number of ways. I mean, first of all, in the end, God is always good. The end result is that God is always good. Uh, God always has our best interests. How do we read God? Well, okay, here we go. Uh, God is not upset or finished with us when he offers correction. You know, it's that God threw up, throws up his hands, that's it. I'm through with that guy. No, no, not at all. Correction means that God loves you. God loves you. Again, reading in Genesis 4 and verse 5, I'm using the God's word translation just right here. He says, but he didn't approve of Cain and his offering, so Cain became very angry and disappointed. Then the Lord asked Cain, why are you angry and why do you look disappointed? Think about that. There's two good ones. Raw anger, disappointment. Wow. Maybe disappointed in himself, disappointed in God, disappointed in every, disappointed in, in his brother. Who knows? Anger, disappoint, disappointment, and probably a whole other list of emotions that was working on him. We must continually evaluate how we read God and the emotions that are connected to how we read God, especially when he corrects us. Always be aware of that. Because it can lead, you know, how we read, if you're reading God and wrongly, it leads to this jumping off point. Jumping off point. Okay. Number two. The emotions that come from guilt and condemnation. Be aware of that. The emotions that come from guilt and condemnation. There's a reason the Bible says there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. You know, I, I believe that God probably knew just what a guilt trip 
you know, that can place on people if, if you're running your life by guilt and condemnation. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. That's Romans 8 and verse 1. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now there is a condition there. Who walk not after the flesh, but the spirit. If we are walking after the flesh according to the cesspool of our raw emotions, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to go right here. You're going to come to your jumping off point where you jump in to sin. So we don't want to do that. And I'll tell you something about, you know, guilt and condemnation. Probably Cain thought like this. I might as well go ahead and jump off. I'm already guilty. That, that happens all the time with religious people. I've already gone this far. Might as well go ahead and kill my brother. <laughs> you, know, you know, I've already done this. I'm already guilty. I might as well go ahead and jump off. Happens all the time in our struggles. You know, when you have sinned and asked for forgiveness, be aware of that guilt and condemnation that can stay with you because it's not from God. If you, you've sinned, you've, you've gone to your high priest, your Savior, and said, I'm sorry. Be aware of that continuous guilt and condemnation that eats away at you. Because the Bible says there is no condemnation. Once, once you've been forgiven. So I'm just saying that's not of God. We need to be aware of that. That, that, that continuous guilt and condemnation is not from God. It's from another source. You know, I found that you can guilt yourself to death in areas that are not even sin. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a weird thing. I, I struggle with this. You know, I, uh, I, I do that a lot. I, uh, you know, I, I'm part owner of a business. I'm self-employed. And a lot of times I'm driving along and I'm thinking, you know, I'm this close to this little store here. I might as well go in there and pick up something that I need that has absolutely nothing to do with my work. But I'm, since I'm that close, I might as well do it. And I think, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's wrong. You know, Ronnie probably wouldn't like it. You know, you're, you're, you're doing something. And I'm, I begin to guilt myself. And I'm thinking, goodness gracious, David. Who are you answering to here? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I can let that stuff. And, and I'm telling you, if you allow even stuff that's not sin, if you just allow that guilt, 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 guilt. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's wrong, you know. It, that will lead you to that jumping off point. You've got to be aware of that. You've got to be aware of that. Because <clears throat> we can guilt ourselves to death in areas that's not even, you know, wrong. Third, the emotions that come from being confused. And that's a, that's a big one there. A lot of confusion that goes on. Confusion can build up. Someone said that most people go through their life pretending not to see what they see, not to hear what they hear, and not to feel what they feel. Often we feel certain emotions born out of confusion because we don't get the verification that we need. We think a person is implying something, insinuating something. Well, that person's calling me fat. That person's calling me dumb. I don't like, you know, and we, do, we don't get the verification. You know, we, we, we just think a lot of this stuff. And, um, We, we, it's, it's not really, we, we build all of these emotions based on confusion and without verification. 
so how to eliminate confusion out of your life? I'm going to give you a way to eliminate this confusion out of your life. Number one, uh, be alert. Be aware of your, you know, a lot, a lot of times we just go out and we, we, we get in our car and we're off to work. And we're just not alert. We're not aware of our surroundings. We're not aware of people. We're just going through the, mo be alert, be aware. Number two, listen. Listen to people. Listen to what they're saying. Have you ever, now I have tinnitus in one ear, which means hearing loss. And <laughs> both of them, okay. And a lot of times, if someone's mumbling, but you ever said, someone said something, you know, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, they could be putting a curse on you. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, sir, yeah, right. You know, it's like going to a concert, you know. Always, as a teenager, you know, the band would be playing, and they would say something in the microphone, you know, blah, 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 yeah, and everybody's screaming and raising, you know, blah, 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 you know, and they could, again, they could be putting a spell on you, and they'd all be, yeah, that's great. You're not hearing it. But... Um, Listen, and number three, how, how to um, avoid confusion, think about what that person just said. Think about it. You know, I had a friend, Greg Perlman, he used to, if you said something, Greg would do like this, he'd rub his beard, and he wouldn't respond for a while. And you could tell he was thinking about what you just said. A lot of times we've got like diarrhea of the mouth, we're just, and we're answering something we hadn't even thought about what the person just said. Fourth, repeat back what the person just said to you. And you'll be amazed because people say a lot of stupid things. You, know, you mean to tell me, what you're telling me is, you know, and if you just repeat it back, you'll get the meaning of it. And it will eliminate a lot of confusion in your life. You won't go around thinking that person was doing this or that or whatever, but you'll have your facts down if you just go through that, be, you know, be alert, listen, think about what people just said, repeat back what that person just said. <clears throat> Often we get mad at ourselves because we didn't respond the right way. That's another guilt trip, by the way, can build up in here. You know, well, I should have said that, but the reason you didn't respond the right way is because you're not listening. <laughs> you're not repeating back what that, you're not really paying attention. And um, unhealthy emotions where we beat ourselves up. Beat ourselves up. Builds up in that test tube and then we, we can get to that jumping off point. Number four. The emotions that come from living with Murphy's Law. What's Murphy's Law? If, if anything can go wrong, it will. That's a lot. That stuff builds up big time because, you know, it's very true. You know, now in the physical realm, when I'm doing things like building things, I'm building a deck. In my mind, I will go through all the steps, and I will go through everything that can go wrong, and my expectations never let me down. And, and not only that, it, it's about 20 more things that can go wrong added on to that list. But I plan it so that I can deal with it. You know, I'm, I'm redoing my deck decking boards, tore all the deck boards off, and I thought, goodness grace, I've got rot and, and termites in the skeletal frame. So not only am I replacing my decking boards, I've got to get the exterminators out to do termite treatment. I've got to replace some of the skeletal frames, and I didn't plan on any of that. 
any, any of that stuff. So if anything can go wrong, it will. But in the physical realm, this doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. I just, I just take it in stride and it doesn't, I don't get upset. I just, yep, okay, that's, that's if anything can go wrong, it will. It doesn't bother me in the physical. But I tell you where it bothers me. When you're trying to do something for God. Just recently I was up here recording and I hadn't finished my program. I was still creating my program. And I, my e-sword, would, I would open it up, it would shut down, open it up, shut down. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, this is crazy. I, I can't, and I sort of said, God, I'm doing this for you. Why isn't everything running smoothly? Why should it? It doesn't matter if you're doing something in the physical for God. You just got to get used to this. We shouldn't expect everything, you know, if anything can go wrong, it will. And so, you know, we just have to get used to it. There's a lot of bad emotions that can come from living with Murphy's Law. Anything can go wrong, it will. And how you handle that. How you handle that can make all the difference in the world. You know, you, I remember one guy said that everything that came his way, his attitude was, this is good. This is good. Even the bad things. He would say, this is good. And he would see, you know, he would, he would try to make something, okay, I can deal with this. Number five, the emotions that come from comparing ourselves with others. Now that can be a big old cesspool of emotions that can lead to that jumping off point. These emotions, you know, well, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, because it tells us what not to do. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, <clears throat> it says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. These emotions can often be jealousy, frustration, resentment, hostility, all because we're making the comparison. I like the story, you know, Peter said to Jesus, Peter's looking at John and he says, he says, uh, Jesus, what shall this man do? <laughs> and, and Jesus said, if I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to you? You follow me. You can just read the frustration in Jesus' language there. What, what is that to you? You're concerned about it. You know, don't you worry about that. You just worry about you following me. You know, when you are faced with a challenge in life, just be yourself. Did you know that's what people are really attracted to anyway? It's you. So just be yourself. Um, the Pharisee stood and prayed and thus with himself. and said, God, I thank you that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, or, you know, all this, or even as this publican over here. So he's comparing himself. And you have the comparison that uh, complements self, like the, like the Pharisee did. You know, I'm, I'm thankful I'm not like that. But then there's a comparison where often we compliment others and we say, well, that person's so much better than me. I, I, I'm not like that. And he can do it so much. I think either way is probably wrong. I mean, when you start making those comparisons, you know, it's nothing wrong with, with realizing someone's gift or whatever, but often we look at ourselves and we, we, we lift up this other person way up and we, you know, I think those comparisons either way isn't, isn't right. 
uh, E.E. E. Cummings said, said this, I like this quote, it's one of my favorite, but I have many favorite quotes, but he said, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you like everybody else means to fight the greatest battle there is to fight and never stop fighting. All right, number six, the emotions that come from faithless living without faith. Luke 17, verse 6. I like this little story. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, you know, if you had faith, if you had faith, <laughs> as a grain of mustard seed, you might say into the sycamore tree, be you plucked up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. Now, that's, that's powerful. Man, if you had faith, you could just say, be cast into this tree, be cast into the sea. Now, I'm going to read something here, and I got some little handouts that I want you to take home. It's, it's this statement that I'm about to read, although I did leave one word out of it, uh, but, but fill in the word for yourself. But, uh, <laughs> but I want you to take it home because it's one of those sort of mind benders that in your private life, it, ha it has to do with why we choose to think negatively. Um, but it's powerful. You, you need to take it home and think about it. All right, here it is. Listen closely, or you'll miss something. If you have a choice to think a thought that may or not be true, it may or not be, may or may not be, that's what I left out, yeah. That may or may not be true, but thinking that thought will keep you from where you want to go versus thinking a thought that may or may not be true, but thinking that thought will at least get, give you a chance to get to where you want to be, why do we continue to take the first choice? In other words, why do we continue choosing a negative thought that may or may not be true, but will keep you from being where you want to be? Why, why would a person do that? You know what I mean? Why, why, you know, you know if, I, if I think these thoughts, it's not going to get me where I want to be. Why do we choose those negative thoughts? You can study that for yourself with the little handout there, but um, I just thought it was a powerful concept of why, you know, faithless living, why would we choose to think negatively thoughts that's not even going to get us to where we really want to be? Uh, what is it about us that, that clings to that? Versus thinking a positive thought that may or may not be true, but will get you to where you want to be. It's really a choice, you know. It's really a choice between the two. Proverbs 25 and verse 28, to conclude here, Proverbs 25 and verse 28. I want you to think about this verse. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You know, when I think about, okay, how could a person become you know, possessed. You know, I mean, the world has its view, you know, don't be playing with the Ouija boards, don't watch Harry Potter and all that stuff, you know. Okay, that's maybe one thing, but to me, this picture's a city with the walls ripped down and you become vulnerable because you're not ruling your spirit. You know, you're not ruling your emotions. And in other words, your emotions are unchecked 
unchecked emotions, emotions that are not daily evaluated. The greatest challenge we have is to rule your emotions daily. I want you to picture yourself as going into battle every single day. And the battle is to control your emotions, to evaluate your emotions. Why am I thinking this? And do I have to feel this? Do I have to think this? You know, change, change the way you feel. Change the way you feel. So I come back to this little story of Cain and Abel. And Cain was told, if you do well, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do well, well, sin is lying outside your door ready to attack you. It wants to control you, but you must master it. If you do well, the way the man was thinking, mastering your emotions. If you don't do well, if you don't do well, you're going to come to this jumping off point into sin if you don't do well, if you don't master your emotions. So as I look at Cain, number one, he grossly misread God. Grossly. His correction. Two, guilt and condemnation ate him alive, really, when you think about it. Just ate him up. Three, he was profoundly confused. Four, Murphy's Law, he probably, probably a little minute, you know, whoa, I'm the only one that everything goes wrong in life. You know, he probably sang that hee-haw skit, you know, gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. He, you know, he, you know, it's only happening to me. Five, he compared himself to his brother. He compared himself to his brother. And six, faithless living. He didn't have faith in God. He didn't have faith in himself. He didn't have faith in his brother. He didn't have faith in anything, did he? So the word of the day, the words of today, is to rule your emotions. 